Hello, hello, welcome everybody. Hello, welcome. Glad you made it. Thanks for coming on over. Sorry about the little delay there. Had some technical difficulties at the top, but we got them sorted out. Uh, Looks like some stuff was randomly changed and I didn't know. <laughs> so <laughs> it all worked in the pre-stream. But here we are. Hope you're all doing well. Thanks for hanging out uh, while I got that sorted. And thanks for being here, everybody. So we do this every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time. Uh, just geek out about fish. Giving away some scuds today. So I'll talk to you about that in just a moment. So generally what the format is is I will um, just tell you about how it's going with the uh, here at dancefish.com, what we've got happening, kind of update you on uh, me and the business and the fish and the uh, building of facilities and all that stuff. And then we'll take questions and comments. So that's our format. And towards the end, we'll do a giveaway and give you some scuds, which are an awesome, awesome live food. So before we get into that, I want to answer a question that I got last week, but I didn't see until after the stream. Um, by the way, Just One More Fish with Josh and Ugg Aquatics. Thanks so much for offering to give away some plants last week. I didn't even see those comments until after the stream was done. Um, every now and then, I used to do it all the time. Now I don't do it all the time, but now I'll occasionally, um, after the stream's done, watch the stream just to read the comments so I can just get a feel for how it's going for you guys. Because when I'm doing this, I, I don't have a lot of connection with the comments unless it's highlighted for me specifically. I often don't see it. And chat jumps so much on me that I sometimes don't see it even then. Um, that's why I miss that stuff. So sorry about that. But um, but thank you for offering that. I'm, I'm sorry I did not see it until the stream ended or I totally would have been like, yeah, let's roll that in. But oh, well. Um, so the so thank you for that. And the other thing is there was a question from Bluegrass Aquatics about my quarantine. And I totally missed it. And so just asking what the process is if I quarantine and I do, it's a minimum of two weeks. Generally, the first week is antibacterials to help them get through shipping. The second week is generally uh, anti-parasite medications to help clear them of parasites and to kind of fatten them up because it's hard to feed them well while they're in the antibacterial solutions. So sometimes it takes longer than two weeks, sometimes... It's just two weeks. It depends on how the fish do. And um, to see that in detail, if you check out the Dance Fish YouTube channel here, there's a whole series uh, that I go day by day on bringing the fish in and medicating them over the two week period. So I think there's over the two weeks, I think I made four or five videos about each step of the process. So you can check out more there. Um, the other thing is the giveaway. Let's get to that. So we're going to be giving away some scuds. I'll talk about them in just a moment, but to get entered, hashtag beardless, because you might have noticed a change on my face. <laughs> so to celebrate finally being clean shaven, the demise of busy beard, um, Hashtag is beardless. If you enter that, I'll send you a group of scuds. Now, I don't have enough to do a sale yet. I don't have a huge amount to fill a bunch of orders, but I have enough that I can send someone a nice group of scuds for either a quick treat for their fish or so they can start their own culture. And I never count them. I just 
put some in a bag and I'm like, yeah, there's some in there. And I send them. I, I mean, on eBay and stuff, you'll see people sell like 100 scuds for, you know, 20 bucks. And it's like, you really counted those? <laughs> no, I'm not doing that. Um, so they're an amazing little amphipod. They get about a quarter of an inch. They eat all kinds of decaying material. They're scavengers. Uh, a lot of vegetable content. If you have leftover vegetables from your dinner and you haven't like soaked them in olive oil or something, uh, you can usually just feed them those. T. Miller, thanks for the $2 super chat. Are you shipping now? I am shipping now. However, right now for fish, I'm only shipping next day. It's just too darn cold. Our, our temperature today was negative two. So two below zero Fahrenheit. It's just... Um, too cold right now to ship any other way. So I do ship. I think I can ship up to six fish for around 39 bucks, I believe is what it is. Um, and then what is it? Like 15 or seven, I think 15 fish for, um, is it 45, 49, something like that. I can't, I can't even remember off the top of my head. And then uh, up to 22 fish for around 60 bucks. So it's not cheap. It's next day UPS. And I've, I've gone back and forth on that. And I've just decided that since the survival rates are better this time of year, shipping overnight only, I know that it'll prevent me from getting as many orders, but I just think it's the right thing to do for the animals. Um, they have, I mean, the chances of them arriving alive even with two-day shipping are pretty good, but it's too low for what I want to do. And since there is a way to get them there in better shape, um, I just feel like that's my responsibility. So that's why it's two-day shipping. Uh, T. Miller says, Scuds rule. I agree. Thanks, T. Miller, for the two super chats. Greatly appreciated. Anyway, Scuds, you, you, I keep them like fish. I keep mine in a 20-gallon long. Um, it's got a sponge filter in there and a bunch of water Sprite. They get the regular daily water changes that the rest of my fish room gets. And I just make sure that there's some food in there at all times. Sometimes we'll drop some rapashi in there. It's a great way to get rid of old fish food. But do occasionally or frequently put in veggies because they, they tend to be more vegetarian. Well, they're omnivores, but... They like a lot of vegetable matter in their diet. They're fantastic for algae control. Anytime I have a plant that's choked with algae, I'll take it out of the tank, put it in the scud tank. And within a couple days, they've cleared all the algae off it. It's, it's a great way to save plants that are just dying from algae overload. Now, the one thing I'll say about them that you should be aware of is that they multiply really quickly and they're really hardy and feisty. I, they're an aggressive or anything, but they, they mob that food and they will outcompete shrimp. So if you have cherry shrimp or crystal red shrimps and stuff like that, the caridinas and neocaridinas, I would not put scuds in those aquariums just because all things being equal, the scud population will eventually boom faster than the shrimp population and they'll just swarm the food so much that they'll eventually outcompete the other shrimp. So do be aware of that. But besides that, I can't think of any kind of caution. I can't think of any kind of negative thing. I keep them in breeding setups without any problems. I've raised lots of babies and hatched lots of eggs in with scuds. I don't know if it works with every species, but I've never had a problem. So generally, I'm getting used to it. Oh, 
When I did that, it automatically converted it to top chat. So I'm going to put it back to live chat. So we're in live chat now, even though you can't see it. Don't worry. Um, hopefully that doesn't happen again. It does say I'm buffering. No, no, stop that. Stop that, YouTube. And the kids aren't upstairs or anything. The wife and kids are not in the house right now. So I know that they're not sucking bandwidth. So I don't know what it is. It, it was never a problem until the switch to the new format. So there's something buggy in it, I think. I, I, I think. I don't know. Anyway, we're back. Um, so that's scuds. So if you want some, we'll send them to you. And... Um, so this week, the updates about dansfish.com and the Annex build and everything. First, the shipping update. Uh, nothing changed because I could not ship this week. It, this doesn't happen often, but this week there was so much snow. We had these uh, three days of just big storm, just one big storm, basically. And there were all these warnings that went up everywhere. Roads are closing, all this stuff. So the I-90... Close. That's the one that takes us over to Rapid City from where I am. The I-25, closed. That's the one that takes us to Denver. I-80, closed. That's the freeway that takes us to Salt Lake City. Those are the three major freeways in the state. Every one of them was closed. So I was like, well, I don't see any way that these boxes of fish and stuff are going to get out if I send them this week. So I'm sorry for anyone that's experiencing a delay, but, um, well, I've already contacted you all. You all know what's going on, but that's what, uh, that's what happened. So we're, there's no change in percentage. <laughs> we're still a hundred percent arrive alive. And to date this year, only one fish that I know of has passed away uh, a couple days after it was sent. So we're doing okay with this overnight shipping. That's kind of why we're sticking to it. But yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty nasty weather. It wasn't super cold, but when the wind is blowing so hard that it's flipping semi-trucks off the freeway, they tend to close it. And then when you combine that with a whole bunch of snow, they really close it. So um, they're open again, most of them, and things are running again. So I think on Monday, I'll be able to ship without any problem for those that have ordered. So sorry for the delay, but... I mean, I could have taken them to UPS and they would have accepted them and they would have just sat there for a couple of days. So that didn't make any sense. Um, all right. That's that's what's going on there. Super exciting news uh, is I, I think next week's giveaway is probably going to be black worms because I have 16 pounds of black worms arriving tomorrow. Finally, I, I got the notification and they will be here tomorrow. There was a delay with the storm and everything. I wasn't able to get them any earlier than that. So I'm going to have a ton of black worms. So I think next week I'll be giving some of those away, but I'm going to use those to cycle all the tanks in the fish annex. Um, and I'll make videos and show you all of that. I've got a whole bunch of video. I just haven't edited yet for those that are wondering the details of that project, building the stands and doing all that stuff. It's all in the can. I just haven't got it edited and, and posted yet, but, um, yeah, 16 pounds of black worms. I've never paid so much for worms in my life. It was crazy. But I went back and forth on how to cycle the new system. And I finally settled on the black worms. And the clincher for me was two things. It, it had to do with disease. The, there's a bunch of awesome fish that I'm going to be bringing in. A lot of them are super rare. And some of them can be fairly delicate upon first being imported, like your wild type bettas and things like that, right? So once they've been acclimated, they're rock solid fish generally, but 
but they take some TLC up front. And I went back and forth. I was like, I could get a bunch of cheap fish like head and tail light tetras, black neon tetras, um, zebra danios, you know, and fill the fish, the tanks with fish and then do, <laughs> do like a big sale. <laughs> Sorry. And then do a big sale when the um, thing was up and running and sell them all for like 50 cents or a dollar each or something like that. It's like, that might be okay. But then I thought, well, do I really want to bring in a whole bunch of farm bred fish? Because all these Tetras that are cheap are farm bred and put them in the tanks and risk them in reducing a disease. What if I got them in and there was a problem? And then it's like, oh, no, now it's going to take a few weeks to solve that problem. And once that disease is in the tank, maybe it'll stay in there. And I put a bunch of wild type bettas in that tank and in their delicate first week or so, they might have a problem. So I eventually settled on the worms. So I'm going to cycle the tanks with a whole bunch of black worms. Each tank will get about a quarter of a pound or so, third of a pound, quarter of a pound, something like that. And um, that'll be plenty of biological activity to get the ammonia going and everything like that. Plus, they're, they're a lot hardier than worms. There won't be as many losses. And when the cycle's done, there'll be a bunch of amazing live food for fish that are coming from the wild and aren't used to flake foods and things. So that's, that's why I finally decided uh, to do that. Nocturnal Aquarius, I was trying to reset my GetGills password and I never got the reset email. Should I just resubmit the request or does it take a couple days to come through? It should be automatic. Um, Nocturnal, Nocturnal Aquarius, sorry, I just popped up in front of my face and I saw a GetGills problem, so I jumped on it. Um, uh, first off, I'm sorry that happened. Um, second, please do double check that you have your email entered correctly into the system. We have had folks in the past that it, they missed a number, put a, you know, mis, mistyped their email in, and that was the root of all the problems. But if your email is incorrectly, double check that, try it one more time, and if it doesn't work, and it should work pretty much automatically, um, then please send me an email, dan at getgills.com, and I will look into it, and if we need to, we'll have Jonathan wipe stuff and reset stuff password-wise for you. He'll send you the credentials. You can log in and then change your password once you log in and get going um, freshly. And that, that shouldn't delete everything in your account or anything. It's just a way to get you reset without you having to go through all the hoops if you're having trouble. So double-check the email. Let me know. And... Um, if it doesn't work, we'll, we'll help you out. And sorry about that. Sorry you had an issue there. Generally, we're pretty good. I think we even might work on Internet Explorer now because we did a major update um, a couple weeks ago on the back end of things. You will all be happy to know that Jonathan thinks he's cracked the PayPal code. He's playing with it in a sandbox right now. He's got it all set up and he's working through it. So we are hopeful that shortly here we'll be able to have PayPal integrated into the website. Now, there are a couple of things about that. Um, I'm not sure. We're not sure yet exactly how that's working. Uh, but I don't even want to get into it right now. But, but we think we can get it set up so it'll work. Um, and hopefully it'll be as easy as just having it directly integrated with your PayPal account. We hope. That's what we're trying to do. It's a little tricky, but we're, we're working through that. Well, he's working through that. I'm cheering him on. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan, for all you do. So, so get gills, everyone that's been wanting. That's the biggest comment we get still 
is, can I use PayPal? Why can't I use PayPal? Why doesn't PayPal work? I want to pay with PayPal, 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 PayPal. And I get it. I totally get it. It's a massive pain to have to online with another pay service, right? First of all, there's trust issues. Um, I know Stripe's secure and I know their security is as high, if not higher than PayPal and massive companies use them all the time. I know that, but I have a relationship with them, right? For someone else, it's like, oh, I don't know. I have to put my bank account in here. Like I totally get the concerns and also just the pain of having to do it. I totally get it. So I understand. I understand. We're working on it. We're working on it. All right. That's about it, I think, for me and the update here. Oh, something I should tell you this. I'm making a video about this, but I decided before I get any fish or critters in here in the fish annex, I want to do a test and see what would happen if the power went out in the cold of winter. So I went out at 830 in the evening and I shut off the breaker. I shut off all the power to the fish annex. And I went in the next morning, about 13 hours later, and saw how was everything, how much heat did we lose and all that. And I'm happy to report that in 13 hours, we lost about a degree and a half to two degrees of heat is all. We dropped from 76 degrees and change to 74 degrees and change. So that was without any power going into the annex whatsoever. Because I've been thinking, what do I do if the power goes out? How, how much time would I have? So extrapolating that, I think I would have about a day and a half to two days. And so I think heat would be fine. We would be able to, uh, you know, get things up and running within two days. But I was like, well, the next factor besides heat that I would have to worry about that's super critical would be the air. So how would I solve that? And so I found a way to convert my air pump so that it can plug into my car. So yes, I want to get a generator, but that's super expensive. So I've been trying to think, okay, until I can like buy my own generator, how could I get through a powder outage for a few days? And it seems like the temperature will be okay. And that if I power the air pump through my car, then the filters will still run. So I think I think I can redneck ingenuity rig it uh, so so that I would be okay with the system. But anyway, that was really nice to see that um, it was well enough insulated that if there was no power out there, even in the depth of a Wyoming winter, that we'd be okay for a few days. And today I went and I patched up some, there's still some leaky spots where there wasn't the insulation or where I chipped insulation off to install pipes and stuff like that and hadn't resealed. Uh, when we flipped the door around, I hadn't resealed yet. So um, it should be even better now because I did that after that test. So, but anyway, that was cool. That was interesting. And it, it made me uh, a little less anxious. Although I am looking at generators. Um, but man, they're, they're pricey. All right, let's get to your questions and comments. If you have a question or comment for me, if you would make it at Dan's Fish, so it highlights, I'll do my best to get it. Um, every now and then chat jumps on me. So if I've gone past your comment and not read it, if you would please just kindly retype it. It just means chat jumped or I was an idiot and scrolled past and didn't see it, you know, something like that. It's never on purpose. And we'll do this until uh, about 8.30 and get as many of them in as we can. Beast heart, Scud's temperature range. Oh, good point. So pretty much anything. 
Um, they can take it as long as the water isn't frozen, like down to 72, to, I'm sorry, uh, 32 degrees roughly. So they can take it pretty cold and they can take it up to the mid 80s. No problem. I've never kept them higher than the mid 80s. I suppose they could probably go higher than that if there was enough oxygen in the water. Um, wide, wide temperature range. I generally keep mine here in the fish room. They're in the mid 70s to upper 70s. Every now and then it dips a little lower and every now and then in the heat of summer it can get up to the low 80s but briefly so um, that's what i've what i've kept them at but i have read that they can go much wider now there are lots of different species of scuds and i don't know for sure which one i have i think it's the what aztecai or something like that but i don't know that for sure um so I'm not sure how low this species could actually go, but I think it could go. I think it could ice over and be fine as long as there was water underneath. They're pretty darn hardy little critters. Cheshire cat. I wanted to put scuds in my breeding platy tank that they, that has a few ghost shrimp. Will the platys keep the scud population in control for the shrimp to be okay? Um, yeah, I think that would be fine. As long as there's a predator there to keep the scud population kind of down, I think you'll be just fine with that. Yes. And ghost shrimp are no joke. They can compete too. They'll get their pinchers in there. Heck, the ghost shrimp will probably eat the scuds if the scuds are mobbing the food. They'll just grab the scuds and eat them. <laughs> so Cheshire Cat, I'm going to go with yes. I, I think that that would be okay. I've never tried it, but it but if I wanted to do it, I wouldn't hesitate. I would think that that would work. Small Fry Aquatics restarted and still stalled. Okay, now it's okay working. Yeah, I don't know why that happens. Um, I really have no clue. It's the same software I'm using. It's the same internet connection. It's the best internet connection I can buy here in a residential area. And um, it only started happening that I noticed when YouTube moved to the uh, new live stream studio. So... I don't know what to say. One day, one day I'll know. Michael Wentworth, good evening. Looking forward to the stream. Cutting foam to put under some acrylic, and then I'll be. it'll be time to fill the tanks. Breeding is pleasure. Hashtag three times equals world peace. Yes, that's right. Michael Wentworth, I'm enjoying watching your build. So uh, I saw you've got more coming on in your fish tank room <laughs> that you're building. Uh, I love following that. So thanks for posting that and sharing that on Get Gills on the Facebook group. It's always fun to watch. And by the way, I tuned in uh, Sunday. I was lurking. I think it was Sunday with JH Aquatics and Big City Bettas and saw everything they're doing. They're definitely making their contribution to world peace. Um, I saw that garage with all those aquariums in it that they're getting, that they're going to be setting up. And I was like, yes, <laughs> it made me so happy. So congrats to you too. I'm looking forward to following the progress of that project. That looks like it's going to be absolutely awesome. And dang it, Amber, I want to see the basement. Come on. <laughs> Sand Creek Aquatics, love the new do. Liked the beard, yeah. Um, I like the beard too. I actually thought about keeping it because I did notice a temperature difference. Like on my my face is warmer when I have to go shovel the snow when I've got a beard, but it was getting long enough that I was gonna have to start really taking care of it. Like it was gonna need some some real grooming. It was gonna need some trim. It was I'm gonna have to start rubbing oils in it to make it all nice, you know. And uh, that's a lot of effort. <laughs> 
<laughs> when you're trying to launch a new fish annex. So I was like, oh, this is long enough that it's starting to look pretty bad if I don't like take serious care of it. Um, so uh, chopped it off. But I'm glad you liked it. I liked it too. But yeah, it's a lot of work to keep a beard up once it gets a certain length. Small Fry Aquatics, please send snow. I'd love to be snowbound. Oh, man. I've got some I could send you. We got a ton this week. A ton. I shoveled that driveway so many times. <laughs> it's, it's all right. Kept the weight off. It's a workout. You know, it's like going to the gym. Fish Dreams. Wowzer. It's in the 70, 60s and 70s here. Yep. Yes, yes. But my summers are awesome. Like, I have the most mellow summers. It's, it's, it's worth the winter for the summer here. Rockford Fishkeeping. Nothing can stop me and my family. Not even red signs across the road. We just go around them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> By the way, um, hopefully you got my response to your email about the order. And yes, that's all fine. I'll send that out on Monday if you haven't seen that email yet. Um, here in Wyoming, they actually put like, you know, train crossing arms that go down to stop you from running into the train. They actually put stuff like that down. They, when they close the freeway here, sometimes they like they like close the freeway. You, it'd be hard to get through. There's ways. There's back roads and stuff like that. But UPS ain't taking them. Rena Mark, can you keep scuds and blackworms in the same tank culture for a while? But the scuds will eventually overtake. Okay, thanks, Skipper. Oh, I didn't thank my mods yet. Mods, thanks for being here. Appreciate you. Everyone be nice to the mods. Respect the mods. They're amazing. Um, they, they, they're volunteering their time for this. They're not getting <laughs> paid a whole lot from me. <laughs> the check's in the mail, folks. No, um, they're volunteering their time. And... Um, not just for me, but for the community in general. And it's super helpful. So treat the mods well, please. Nocturnal course. Thanks, man. I'll see if it works the second time. I appreciate your help. Yeah, no problem. No worries about the trouble. Tech is always fun when it's acting up. Yeah, technology is great when it works. I know. <laughs> By the way, I'd like to welcome Father Fish to getgills.com. He opened his store there. Um, just a couple items right now. Some, I think, giant baby tears and some soil that's good for uh, raising plants, stuff like that. But uh, he's going to be posting more stuff. But basically, all you folks that are telling me I'm too old to figure out get gills. <laughs> Father Fish figured it out. That's all I'm saying. You got no excuse. <laughs> but glad to have you, Father Fish. Thanks for joining up. <laughs> and by the way, we've done a lot of work to try to make it, I mean, pretty darn easy. It's that, that website's come a long way since it launched and being more user friendly. But also, I'm around, dan at getgills.com. If you're trying to get set up or trying to use it and you have any problems, shoot me an email. Um, now that now that the annex is is far enough along that I'm not out there, you know, 16 hours a day or whatever. Um, now that Busy Beard's gone, I, I'll get back to you quicker. I, I almost always try to get back to someone within a day. Uh, that almost always happens. I, I confess that the last couple weeks, I've been fighting a deadline to get the annex far enough along that I could cycle tanks and, and order fish. Um, so 
that took precedence. And sometimes it took me a couple days and I apologize, but I'm back now. Now that's that pressure is off. I'll be getting back in my normal time now. Fish tube. Water is one of the best energy storages there is. Water has very high specific heat. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And there's, uh, I don't know, three, four thousand gallons in there. Yep. And it's, uh, it's doing great holding the heat. Did a good job. What was the outdoor temperature when you did your test? About 20 degrees. It wasn't super cold. I actually wish it had been colder, but I had to do it then because I had the worm order coming. Um, I didn't want to shut the system off once I had live things in the tanks, but uh, 20 degrees outside, which is, you know, we can get a lot colder. Sometimes it's negative 30, negative 35, but that's, uh, that's usually like for, it'll go down for a few days and then pop back up. Like there's usually a week every winter where it's just like, Oh man, how in the world is it this cold in the world? But, uh, but generally it's not that cold. Although it, it can get there. It can definitely get there. All right. I saw a super chat up here and it didn't pop up under my viewer activity. So I'm sorry. I missed it. Small Fry Aquatics, $24.99. Small Fry, thank you so much. Buy the family a snow pizza. And if you can, read my Romeo and Bernadette question. Oh, yeah. For those that don't know, um, just real quick side thing here. Um, a play I developed called Romeo and Bernadette opened off Broadway. It's running. So if you're, if you like theater, you like musical theater and you're in the New York area, check it out. Um, this is what I did in my previous life. I was in the entertainment business and I produced and developed uh, theater. So this is, uh, yeah, pretty exciting for me. So I'll try to, I'll try to get to that. Um, Michael Wentworth, hashtag beardless. Thanks for the chance. Love me some live food and the fish room will be booming as a result. Yes, yes, yes. Boom, boom in the fish room. <laughs> hashtag breeding is pleasure. Yeah, and I hope you do well, Michael. You've got some species that I saw that you, what, what did you have? Some uh, alani, chilotherena alani that are going. That's pretty cool. That's one of the prettiest, I think, of the chilotherena. It is chilotherena, right? Not Milan, not Melanotania. Or glossolepa. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I know that fish. If that's the fish I'm thinking of, it's, it's one of the prettiest ones. And uh, yeah, I know you can get some cool stuff. So I really hope you can breed it and distribute it. That'd be awesome. Ryan Hansen, trouble breeding peacock gudgeons. Okay. I get spawns and dad guards fans of the eggs. I can see the eggs develop to the point I can see eyes, but never get wrigglers or free swimming stage advice. So they're probably eating them is my guess. Um, generally they will care for the he'll care for the eggs but the moment they're free swimming they're fair game so that's my guess so what i would do personally is i would just remove i don't know what you're using as a cave or a breeding place uh, i use little pieces of pvc pipe but whatever you're using if it can be moved i would take it out put it in an egg tumbler and cook them in that for the last day or two of incubation. I've had really good results with that. So that works really well. So what I do is I just cut my PVC. It's, I think, three-quarter inch or maybe even half-inch PVC. They'll, they'll spawn in almost anything. I cut it short enough that it'll fit in an egg tumbler vertically. 
so that the air, as it's drawn through the bottom of the egg tumbler to the top, is going through the pipe because it's set in vertically. I cut out a little piece of green scrubby pad to put on the bottom of the egg tumbler so that the wrigglers and fry don't get stuck in that mesh. And depending on what your tumbler is like, if it has a large enough holes in the top, then they'll just go out the top once they're kind of free swimming and escape, and that's fine. Um, L Flower One Star is very clever to use your vehicle. Yeah, I, I confess I need to test it and make sure that the correct amperage can be handled by the car and all that. But that's where I'm at right now in my mind. Um, again, I, I want to get a generator. I'm just trying to find a way to limp along without one and still be safe. Because I'm trying to use every last penny right now to order some stuff. I'm not going to tell you what I'm getting, guys. But I'm geeking out about it. Yeah, I, I won't tell you yet. Um, you have an idea of kind of the things I'm looking for. But I found some stuff that blows my mind. And I'm hoping it blows your mind too. And we'll, we'll get into all that another thing. I, I don't want to spoil a whole video. But I'm so excited um, about that. But these things aren't cheap. And so I'm really trying to um, find ways to to put as much money towards that as I can and still be safe. Yeah. I mean, safe is important, <laughs> but yeah. Cole fish. Oh, sorry. Cole fish keeper. Flip that in my head. Fish keeper. Cole. What is the minimum size tank to culture scuds in? I have a 2.5 gallon tank that I was thinking if I want, I could put them in. Yeah, that would be fine. That'd be just fine. I mean, you could culture them in a little cup if you could keep the water clean. Not many, but they're very small. Yeah, I think a 2.5 gallon would be okay. And again, I want to stress, I think a lot of people fail sometimes in live food cultures because they don't treat them as well as they would treat a normal aquarium. But if you treat whatever you put them in, tub or aquarium or whatever, as if they are fish, and do the water changes, uh, have filtration, and live plants help a ton. Water Sprite is so helpful in these setups. Um, then you'll have a lot more success. Often I see live food cultures and it's kind of like a bucket with some stagnant, stinky water in it and stuff. And it's not producing very well. I'm like, yep, I bet it isn't, <laughs> you know? So um, yeah, just treat them right and they'll boom for you. All right, waffle salad. Love the username waffle salad. Could scuds eat shrimp fry? I've never seen it. Maybe. Um, I've never seen scuds eat another living organism. I've seen them eat dead organisms, but I've never seen them do that. Like even like the black worms, when they were in the tank together, the scuds would like swim over them and stuff, but they would never dig into them. Same with snails. If they land on like, well, the snails kind of retract real quick. So that's not fair. Um, a tiny, tiny little fry like betta fry. Betta fry are tiny. Rainbow fish fry. They're super small and fairly helpless. I've never seen a scud take them down and I've raised a lot with them. So I don't know if they would actually eat the baby shrimp or not. But what they definitely will do is outcompete them over time because their population just booms and they swarm and they have ways to like grab the food and claim it. <laughs> that little shrimp just can't compete with. Marcy SoCal. Oh, I am missing SoCal right now. 
uh, I don't know if you know this, but I, I used to live in Studio City, and um, yeah, I'm I, I'm missing Venice, <laughs> not sorry Ventura Boulevard right now for sure. Marcy SoCal, will you be getting any South American puffer fishing anytime soon? Yes, I will. I have them right now, and I wanted to add them to my store today so I could tell you that I had them in, and I just. Life's busy. Life's busy. But let me do that right now because I have a great group. They're doing fantastic. I'm confident that whoever gets them will do very well with them. Um, They've been rock solid for a long time. So I'm going to do that right now before I forget because otherwise I'll totally forget. I don't remember exactly how many I have, so I'm going to put eight up because I know I have at least eight. Let me just do something here. Okay, this will take half a second, but it's it's almost done. Okay. Okay, I just posted them. They should be up and ready to go. Sorry that took so long, uh, but man, I have a nice group of wine Millerite too that I've just been too darn busy to post. But there you go, Marcy SoCal. They're up on Get Gills. And by the way, they're doing great. They're eating everything. They're fat, they're sassy. All the, as far as I know, all the, they are wild caught. So you have to work through all the internal parasites. I haven't seen any evidence of internal parasites for a long time. Now, when I ship them, if they have anything, the stress of shipping can bring that out. So I would be prepared just in case. Um, but they're about as good as I think you're going to get. Oh, flower one stars. Wow. You really look different without no hair face and beard, baby face. Yep. Soft as a baby's butt. My cheeks. Plus, I glow. I just glow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it took my kids some getting used to. <laughs> like, <laughs> turn the corner, they'd be like, oh, hi, Dad. <laughs> Rena Mar, can you keep scuds and black rooms in the same tank? Okay, I already got that one. Small fry. I, I missed your Romeo and Bernadette question, small fry. I'm scrolling to see it. Um, I'm sorry. Did it not highlight? I just don't see it. I don't see it, and I don't know if it's just not letting me get up high enough. Small Fry, would you mind posting that again? Because there's no way I don't think I can get to it right now. I think it's cutting off how high I can go. Ginger Graves throwing down five bucks. Thank you, Ginger. Very much appreciated. Always appreciated. Never required, but it does make Brenda super happy. All right. Let's see here. Oh, Ty Hunsinger, $2. My first green scud tank, I didn't know what I had. 
my first green scud tank. I didn't know what I had. Are you saying that you like had a tank full of scuds? Didn't know that it was awesome and got rid of it, Ty? Is that what you're saying? No, Ty. Yeah, I don't. I, yeah, they're pretty awesome. I'm not sure exactly what you mean by that, but I thank you for the two dollars. And um, always good to see you here. My first green scud tank. Yeah, they're super valuable. They great for food for fish and the green. Awesome for a little baby new hatched egg lane fry. Bathy Phila, any tips on Aphiosim Volcanum that are producing eggs but not offspring? Have had a mop in the tank for months, getting a few eggs, tried to water incubate, but they fungused. Okay. So I'm gonna tell you two things. The first is um, peat moss. And the best is the brand Mosser Lee, and the product is called No Damp Off. Now, you can use just Sunshine Peat Moss from Home Depot or whatever you want. That, that's fine. But I have best results with Mosser Lee's Peat Moss. The No Damp Off formulation is just, it lets oxygen flow through it much better than the other stuff. The other stuff is really fine, and it can compact, whereas this stuff, um, yeah, it just doesn't compact as much. So if you get some of that and you get it wet and squeeze it out so you can't squeeze any water out anymore, put it in a container or a freezer Ziploc bag, something that won't lose, you know, a lot of oxygen. Really thin Ziploc bags don't work as well, but the freezer ones are okay. If you pick the eggs and put them in that, that might solve the problem. The peat moss has good antifungal, antibacterial properties. It can help the eggs. So I try that. Once the eggs are eyed up, so you see the eyes, then put them in water, like a small container with an inch, half an inch of water in it. With enough surface area that the top isn't totally clogged with the peat moss, right? And, uh, and hopefully they'll hatch for you. If that doesn't work, then the last thing that almost always works for me is to move the parents. So... Parents are an established, maybe planted tank, some, some kind of really well-established tank. Leave them in there for a week or two. Remove them. And generally, fry will appear for you. So those are my two thoughts, Bathyphila. And man, I hope you can figure it out because those are such an awesome fish. Nurse Beck is pearl garami with fintail split and has paled in color vertically. Ooh, front half pale, black half normal. Superficial open areas near her tail, quarantined in a round of doxycycline. Any suggestions? Um, that's rough. I, I, I know what you're describing. Um, I think several things could cause it. But basically, my understanding is it means that the fish is getting necrotic. And so if what you're describing is what I'm understanding, the thing that popped in my head that I've seen uh, when I read that, it's, it's, a, it's a necrotic issue. And what I would, this is a rough one, but I'm going to be straight with you. I would gauge the fish's quality of life. If it appears to be in like severe pain, like this thing is having just a horrible time, the chances of recovery from this are very slim. So if that's the case, you, gosh, I hate talking about this lie uh, in public just because it's so controversial. But my feeling is I worked at an animal hospital for many years. That's how I paid for college. My feeling is if, if the, pro and I'm not a doctor, so can I even say prognosis? If it's 
unlikely that the fish is going to recover. And in my experience, this kind of thing is really serious. And the fish is in horrible pain. It might be time to think about euthanizing the fish. Um, there's clove oil, which you probably know about. And then there's MS, is it 222? I can't remember. There, there's ways to do this humanely. What, the way I d figured this out is I went to the um, Veterinarians Association website. I can't remember exactly the name of it, but I Google Veterinarian Association and I looked up fish and I looked up the guidelines and just followed that. Um, if the fish doesn't appear to be in severe pain or anything, then you might want to switch to something a little more potent than doxycycline. And for me, the go-to when I first see something like that is generally canamycin and nitrofurazone. And it's not because I've run a test and I've diagnosed the actual problem and I, I've like, okay, it's this bacteria or I've identified this virus or anything like that. I'm not that scientific. It's just the thing that tends to work most often for me. So that's what I would try. If that didn't work, I would flip to a gram positive antibiotic, something like triple sulfa um, or erythromycin. But if what you're describing is what I'm seeing in my head, those are my thoughts. And I'm being straight with you and I, I'm sorry, I know it's a sensitive subject. I don't like talking about it, especially live or in public, but, but I feel like, uh, the fish deserves an honest answer. So that's my answer. Again, not a veterinarian, nothing like that. Um, I'm totally not qualified to prog give prognosis or diagnosis or prescribe anything. But, but if I saw that fish in my fish room, that's what I would think. That's what would go through my mind. Okay. Ginger Graves. Hey, Ginger. River Life and Kayla's Aquatics. Thanks for all the super chats, folks. Really appreciate it. One of my Betta Cochina has a nice bubble nest going. Ah! You and a lovely female were dancing around each other earlier today, doing practice, embracing. Oh, Ginger. Oh, man, I'm geeking out right now. Oh, that is so amazing. Is it a film canister? Do you have like a little clay clay, a clay cave or like a, an Anubius leaf that's bent just right? Like, like, where is this happening? Can you take a video? Can, can you post pictures on the Get Gills Facebook group? <laughs> you you got to help me out here, Ginger. That is awesome. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm so glad to hear that. So glad to hear that they're doing well, that you were able to be successful with them. And now that they're breeding for you. That is so cool. River life. Get yourself something nice. Appreciate the good you do in the neighborhood. Hey, you too. You too. I'm behind on your last uh, stream. I saw that it happened. Um, I'll, I'll do a replay here in the background as I'm working. Uh, but, but thanks for all you do as well. Appreciate you. Bob Kaler, $10. <laughs> and the world's goofiest sticker emoji, whatever that is. The purple pom-pom Pippi Longstocking cheerleader. <laughs> Chattanooga Ed. Thank you, Chattanooga. Ch Thank you, Ed. Let's just say Ed. Thanks for being so fish smart. Oh, I, I try. Um, I, you know, I, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I know what I'm talking about, but then sometimes I meet with real experts. Like I'm, I'm really lucky. I, I have the opportunity less frequently now that I live in Wyoming, but I keep the relationships up. But when I was in LA to hobnob with some true, true, true experts, um, and just soaked it all up. So yeah, there's people out there that really know fish. 
but I do my best. I do my best with what I've got, and I hope it's helpful. And um, things like Nurse Beckus's question about her Grammy, that's tough. And hopefully what I said is helpful. I don't know that it will be, but I do try. And thanks for the super chat. Never required, but always greatly appreciated. But yeah, if I have one weakness that I'm like itching to cure when it comes to my fish knowledge, it's how to diagnose and medicate my fish. There's nothing more frustrating than watching a fish go downhill and just having the the hobbyist tools of, well, I'll try this. No improvement. Okay, I'll try this. No improvement. Okay, I'll try this, you know, Uh, versus, okay, I've got a skin scraping. I'm looking at under the at it under the microscope and I'm able to like see exactly what it is and pinpoint the treatment. That's where I want to get. I wish I could take two months off my life and just go to, I think it's Oregon um, where they have the, is it Dr. Tim Miller um, does the training on all that stuff or go apprentice with an aquatic veterinarian or something just to get the basics down. But that's the area that is most frustrating to me. And I would imagine to you guys too, I think it's the part of the hobby where we're just in trouble. It's like, how many of us have like the neighborhood fish doctor we can, that can help us? Not many. So we're stuck to our own devices and we try. And medicines are being regulated more and more. And um, I don't know how much longer we're going to have some of these medicines. So it's a real tough spot to be in right now. It's the part of the hobby that, that I just feel like I don't know the answer to this. I guess the answer right now is just training ourselves to be proficient at that, but I don't know where to get that training. Like I, I need help. It's not the kind of thing where I can read a book and look at the pictures and practically apply that. I've done that, but you see a grainy picture and it's like, this is, I don't know, velvet. And uh, here's how you cure it. If I saw that on a microscope slide, I, I, in off that picture, I wouldn't be able to tell what that was. So I, I need help. But anyway, bleh, tangent, candy overhauls from Jay Jr. Hey, Jay. Two API meds, furin 2 and Finn and Body, both say bacterial and cloudy eye. Pro or con for 7-inch male geophagus brasiliensis. Well, oh, okay. So furin 2, I believe, is nitrofurazone. I don't know what Finn and Body is, but the thing that works most consistently for me is canamycin and nitrofurazone used together. So there's a brand name, I think it's Spectogram, that you can buy that has it already mixed together. There's a few fish medicines that already have it and you can treat with that. That's what works most often for me. So that's the one I first try when I encounter what I think is a bacterial infection. And usually if it's the white fuzzy saddle, or it's not necessarily fuzzy, but the white saddle on the fish, it's columnaris um, or aramonis. And that combination is very efficient at treating those, especially when salt's used in combination with it. So furin 2's decent, but it's, it's only one half of what I would use. Um, I would use that in combination with canamycin, but check furin 2. I don't think furin 2 has canamycin in, in it. It's been a while since I've used it. I think it's just nitrofurazone. And I actually think they went from two forms of nitrofurazone down to just one is what I heard when I was talking to my supplier about a couple weeks ago. Um, 
I was trying to find nitrofurazone in an effective form in bulk. And I think they mentioned that if I'm remembering right. So check the, check the active ingredients carefully, but that's my go-to always. It most often works. It works for me a lot more often than when I use erythromycin or something like that, but you have to have a hospital tank. It's a much, uh, it's not harsher, but it treats the same gram negative bacteria family groups as your nitrifying bacteria. So if you use it in your normal aquarium, it'll wipe out your nitrifying bacteria and your cycle will crash and your ammonia will spike and you'll have even more problems. So, so that's probably one reason it's not used as often, but I find it very effective. And Jay Jr., I, I hope that helps. Okay. Just one more fish with Josh. Mad respect for you and the others who can live stream for 1.4 hours or more. <laughs> Did my first show Monday and made it 45 minutes. Oh, you'll it'll come more naturally. Yeah, yeah. Just keep doing it. Just one more fish with Josh. Just keep doing it. It'll it'll come. It'll come. It just yeah. It takes some time. I'm missing super chats left and right. The chubby guppy. Thank you for Dan, our resident fish thespian. (laughs) Thanks for all you do. That's right. That's right. My mad plan is to take all the money that I ever earned in my life and do an underwater play. (laughs) Thanks for the super chat. Sand Creek Aquatics, enjoy your channel and congrats on the annex. Hey, thank you. And man, I'm so glad that project is, it's not done, but done to the point where I'm able to put critters in there. Systems are up and running and stable and balanced. Oh, just all that tediousness of balancing. So you have a sponge filter in the tank and a box filter, right? The sponge filter goes down, the air goes down through the sponge filter about four or five inches higher than the box filter. So the air that goes to a box filter has to go down a little deeper, like four or five inches deeper than the sponge filter, which creates this pressure problem because then all the air wants to just go to the sponge filter, not to the box filter, because it's so much easier to not go down further in the water because of the pressure. So you're going around, you're tweaking all the valves. Oh, got it. One more to tweak. Tweaked that one. Oh, now none of them work. Okay, now I've got to go. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad that part's done. <laughs> now we're to the fun part. Yeah. But thanks. I'm I'm so glad to have it done too. Now we just got to stock it with cool stuff, which, oh, I'm so excited about. Or not. If not, maybe I do need to check my settings. Latency. Oh, I'm going to lower the latency a bit. That might help. Now, why did that switch on me? It's always been low latency. Hang on. I think I'll be able to fix this as soon as it comes back. Well, (laughs) people are dropping off the stream in droves. (laughs) Come on. Come on. All righty. Let's see. Yes. Let's see. Tells me it's excellent. Okay, I'm going to try something real quick. Hopefully this will fix this. No, I'm not, because it won't let me click the button. It says health is excellent. It did do something to me, though. I've always had low latency uh, checked. Um, now it's in normal latency, and I did not make that change. I don't know why it did that. 
So next stream, I can't do it live apparently, but next stream I will switch to low latency and see if that's better. But that's what it's been in all the other streams too and it still buffers occasionally. Okay, hopefully we're back for good. Okay, where did I lose y'all? Still in live chat, that's still working. Okay, good. There we are, fish dreams. I don't think many of us know how to keep a good culture. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like anything else, I think. There's a learning curve, is try this, oh, that didn't work, try this, oh, that didn't work. There's a great book by Mike Helwig called Live Food. It's available on Amazon. Let me see if I can show it to you real quick. Man. Come on. All right. We're going to keep going. Um, if that happens again, we might just do the drawing and... Um, and make this a short stream just because that's no fun watching things buffer all day long. So I just refreshed. Hopefully that will solve the problem. If not, we'll find out. Um, see, there's someone. Oh, here you go. Michael, I sun dry and ground scuds in a spice mill makes an excellent protein feed for guppy fry and adults. That's an, that's a great idea. I've seen uh, freeze dried scuds before or grammaris, I think is what they called them. But, uh, yeah, that's a good idea. So it'd be like ground krill almost. Something I do that's similar is when my fruit fly cultures are booming and I just don't need that many, I freeze the extra. And later I've got a bunch of frozen fruit flies to use. Jennifer Weaver, when do you think the new fish should arrive? Oh, so that's going to depend on how cycling goes. My hope is to put that order in two weeks after tomorrow. So the worms come tomorrow. My hope is that Within two weeks, the tanks will be up and cycled. At that point, I'll put the order in, and yeah, I'm, I'm guessing it'll probably be a week to two weeks from the time I put the order in for them to actually get the fish, pack them up, send them, all that. So we're probably looking at, let's call it three weeks to a month before they arrive. I wish there was a way to rush it, but I ain't doing that. <laughs> Back in the early days of my fish keeping, I rushed things. Never again, especially not with the with rare stuff and all. No, never again. I feel like that's already rushing it as much as I wanna. L flower one stars. What month do you get the most fish in? Well, I haven't been going without massive changes long enough to, to get that uh, data point really firm. What I mean by that is I was going for a little while in just a rinky-dink fish room, did a major expansion, went for a couple years. Now I'm doing another major expansion. It's going to take a couple years of just steady without, you know, the last few months haven't been getting hardly anything in because I've been focused on building the new facility and all that. So all those things um, affect the analytics, affect the data points. And so I don't know for sure, but I will tell you the busiest seasons are spring when it starts to warm up again and fall after school starts. That's when it gets really, really, really busy. The summer is decently busy, but people are out and about, they're camping, they're traveling, right? They're out in their garden, 
And winter is the slowest time just because, well, it's cold and shipping costs twice as much and all these things. But spring and fall is when it, it really peaks. Oh, flower one stars. What? Oh, just did that one. Fish keeper cool. Is your favorite fish a buffer fish? It is tonight. <laughs> Used to be puffer fish, but tonight it's a buffer fish. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for coming back, folks. 144 viewing. Thanks for coming back. Sorry about the buffering. Um, I refreshed. It seems to be working. Oh, geez. I need to knock on wood. But if it becomes a continual problem, we'll just cut it short. I don't want to force you guys into the pain of just buffering all night long. Punchy paints at Dance Fish. Please do the info on keeping worms and scuds together. You were buffering before you were done. Oh, okay. So basically, I keep when I kept worms and scuds together, it was the same setup as I had my scuds in. I just added worms to it. That's the difference. And I fed more protein because the worms like high protein, scuds like high vegetables. So I would do both. And the worms would get all up in the pumpkin and like crawl into it and eat it. And the scuds would get up into like the high protein foods. It's usually like pellets and stuff like that. Algae wafers are pretty good because they have a pretty good protein content, stuff like that. Um, and they would eat each other's food, but you have to feed veggies and protein when you're keeping them together. But over time, the scuds will outcompete the worms. I don't think they eat them. I don't think they kill them. They just outcompete them. They move a lot faster. They can get to the food a lot faster. And when the scud population truly spikes, it just goes boom. It takes a few weeks. But you'll start with a few scuds, and then a few weeks later, you'll go by the tank one day and be like, what happened, right? When that happens, they outcompete the blackworms. So over the course of a few months, I watched the population go from lots of blackworms to lots of scuds to only scuds. The blackworms just got outcompeted. Sorry, I, that didn't come through earlier because of the buffering. Chewy, well, we all know that candy is the best mod. Candy is amazing, but let's not discount. I mean, candy, love you to death. I, I think you're absolutely wonderful. But, you know, let's not discount either how much Bob does in Punchy Paints and Skipper's Aquatics and Lumpy Dog occasionally. Where are you, Lumpy Dog? <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think they're all amazing. But, yeah, candy's fast, man. Candy's fast, and she's probably active in she's active in so many streams. She's a treasure, I mean, for sure. All right, Sand Creek Aquatics, 10 bucks. Loving fish fam. Y'all saved me. You just don't know. Oh no. I think some of us know. I mean, I don't know what you're referring to exactly, but there are times when just you need something in your life and there's a void. And sometimes this can fill it. And if that's what's happening, then I'm glad we're here. And I'm glad that you found something to fill the void. If that's what's happening. I mean, it's a short comment. I don't know exactly. Maybe it's just like you had trouble with a fish and now that resolved or something. But no, this is meaningful to me. Um, it's, yeah, it's fun and, and, all, and light and all that stuff. But like, so there was a time, I think I've mentioned this before, when I threw out my back and that was no good. I was flat on my back in bed, like for two weeks, I could barely hobble to the bathroom, right? Stuff like that. That was a tough place to be in. Um, and what kept me from going insane 
was watching YouTube videos on fish. I watched Corey from the very beginning. At the time, he, I found him, that, that's when I found him. And I think he had just under 30,000 subscribers at the time. So it was a few years ago. And he had a bunch of content. So I went back to the very beginning to his first super awkward videos <laughs> and watched all the way up through. And there was enough content there. And then I discovered other people too that way. I discovered uh, Steen Fott and some others. But that really is what made it so that that time of recovery wasn't just a hellish nightmare. It it was like, oh, I didn't know this existed. Like YouTube was something that I just didn't use until then when I was like, man, I'm bored out of my mind. Oh, what's this YouTube thing? So it's really helped me in the past. And for me, being isolated out here in Wyoming in many ways, um, it's my connection to what I love through you guys. So I, I think it's actually meaningful and impactful. So yeah. Um, Aquarium is maintained by Andy. Two bucks. Great stream. Thanks. When it's not buffering, it's okay. <laughs> Sylvia R. Good to see you, Sylvia. Looking forward to seeing what killifish you bring in. Yeah, me too. Now I have gone over that. So um, that one I don't mind talking about. That's Australe, um, Calliurum, um, Shostedi, which is the Blue Galeris. Delta Ensis, which is a great big old killifish that I've been wanting for a long time. I hope it actually arrives. Um, and a couple others, uh, Christii, I think, I think, Exidium, I think, and a couple others, that uh, a couple Lampi species, some Procatopus, some Nototania, um, some Aberrans, and some Similis, and some others as well. Um, but... So, so that's all awesome. And I've talked about that before, but there's a, a new thing I'm working on. A connection came through. Um, there's something in the works that I'm super excited about that I haven't talked to you guys about, but yeah, I can't wait till I can share that with you. Michael Wentworth from HC Aqua Fish. I just pulled some Nothobronchius killifish eggs. How long do I keep the eggs out of water going for fast as possible? Okay, from HC Aqua. Hey, HC, sorry I missed that. Nothobronchus, uh, it depends on the species. Do you know the species? Gunthry, I would say I would try them in two months. Um, same with like maybe Rubropinus and stuff. But then there are some species of Nothobronchus that need six months, nine months incubation time. So it really depends. But what I would do, I guess, is without knowing the species, if I knew the species, I'd look up the time. And then I'd always check them a month before they say because there's lots of factors. Sometimes they go quicker. But I would say check them in two months. If you see them eyeing up, go for it. If not, give them another month. Check them. If you see them eyeing up, go for it. If not, give them another month. So I would start checking in two months, um, but it depends on the species. Ginger just got to your awesome, awesome super chat saying that your Cochina are breeding or at least heavy petting getting there <laughs> can't wait for that to happen um fish dreams why do plants do like crap and high nitrate puffer tanks i think plants would like nitrate are the puffers chewing on them fish dreams i don't know i'm i i hardly keep plants alive i keep a few really like three or four really two majorly water sprite and java moss are the two that i really keep and they're almost bulletproof um 
I don't know enough about plants to really chime in. I'm sorry. But lots of people here know about plants. So if anyone has any help for fish dreams who's struggling with plants in a high nitrate puffer tank, please chime in and help them out. Small Fry Aquatics, just talk about the play and what a producer does and how you develop the play and it moves forward. Oh, oh, geez. Um, well, this is a fish stream. Um, so I don't know if I want to. Okay. The short, short 30 second version is the producer is what makes it happen. So there's a play that you're interested in. You get the playwright to say, yes, let's do this. And then you find a director and then you find the cast and then you fund everything and you find a way to make it happen. You find the venue, you find a way to help the play move on. It's just, there's nothing there. And then a producer comes on and produces something. So everything that has to happen to create something from nothing, that's the producer's job um, to get that ball rolling to get things to the point where the artists can actually create art. Yeah, that's the short answer. I don't wanna to go too into depth on that just because uh, it's a fish live stream and yeah. Marcy SoCal, thank you. We'll check them out as soon as the stream ends. Well, it's ended a few times <laughs> with all the buffering. Canada's Aquatics, 20 bucks. Thanks, Bob. Hashtag no more professor. Yeah, and so much happier. Hashtag fish annex. Yes, it's almost done. Hashtag keeping Brenda happy. It's a full-time job. <laughs> Sorry, babe. <laughs> it was too easy. <laughs> fish too. When you had the Cory eggs a year ago, were, were they in a tank all by themselves? Let's see here. I'm trying to remember back. I Generally, I breed, I raise Cory eggs in a... So I take them out of the tank and put them in a little plastic container is how I generally do it. Now, there are species that want higher flow and a tumbler can help and everything. But for like Aeneas and Paleotis and your, your super common stuff. Um, the, so I remove them from the aquarium as soon as they're laid and they harden, which is pretty immediate. And then I put them in a little container of, of water all by themselves. Yes. And I treat them with hydrogen peroxide every time I change the water, which is... Well, for me, being here all the time, it's three to four times a day generally. For you, it might only be two to three. Um, change the water, add some hydrogen peroxide. Change the water, add some hydrogen peroxide. As soon as they hatch, their little tails pop out. I stop adding hydrogen peroxide. Um, at that point, I mean, you might as well wait till they're free swimming because you're not feeding them yet, but you can throw in some snails or whatever. But once they're free swimming, then I like to put in some snails and stuff like that. Um, oh, I do like putting in shrimp though with the eggs, sorry. The problem is if you put in the shrimp, you can't put in the hydrogen peroxide. So generally for me, it's a few days of hydrogen peroxide. And then once the tail pops out, that's when I add like neocaridina type shrimp. Sorry, I totally forgot about that. It's been a year since I made that video. Fish tube, meaning only quarries were in the tank. Oh, like in the spawning tank, I cannot remember. It's possible. No, I think there were lamp eyes in there. Really, really tiny Forshichthys flavopinus. A little tiny, skinny, blue-eyed lamp eye that it's under an inch. Um, so they weren't touching the eggs. They aren't big enough to do anything. Yeah, I think that's what was in the tank with them. And they're surface dwelling, so they didn't go down and bother anything. Yeah. Bathyphila, thanks. You're welcome, Bathyphila. Just got to Pippi Longstocking jumping up and down. Thanks, Bob. 
Tasty fish sauce. My scuds now live with red daphnia, hoping to clear up green water for a little. Yeah, the daphnia should clear up the water. And scuds and daphnia might actually be a match made in heaven because they eat totally different things. The daphnia eats free floating algae and you know yeast or whatever you're feeding them, paramecium, infusoria, stuff like that. But it's free floating food. The scuds eat surface dwelling foods. So the scuds are very benthic in their feeding habits. So actually scuds and daphnia might be a match made in heaven. That might be a, a good way to do it. All right. Nurse Beckis, thank you. I trust that's why I trust you. That's why I asked. I love her. She's been with me a long time. She's an old girl. I appreciate your honesty. You're welcome. Um, hopefully I'm being helpful. I, I you know, not damaging anything. I'm not a veterinarian. So, you know, first do no harm. I, I'm, I'm not a veterinarian, but man, I'm sorry to hear that. When you have an old fish that's been with you for a long time. Yeah, it's tough. They're part of your routine. They're part of your life. It's tough to lose that. And I hope you don't lose her. I hope she does well. But that's serious when you see that. Anthony Manzano, have a question for you. Is your aquarium a saltwater tank or a freshwater tank? And in your opinion, which is harder to maintain when it comes to replacing filters and general cleaning? I know almost nothing about saltwater. I don't have any saltwater aquariums with me at this time. So I'm all freshwater. So for me, freshwater is easier. I think in general, freshwater is easier. That being said, if you have a large salt system, I've seen some that are very stable and go for a long time, but I know nothing about them. So I can't really compare Anthony. But if I was just starting, salties might hate this answer, but I would definitely start with a, a freshwater aquarium. I think there's just less to deal with. There's less chemistry to deal with. Mega Mindy Lou, I think my quarries are about to spawn. Yeah, one chubby mama and two frisky males following her all over the place. The spotted ones. So Paleotis probably. Yep, sounds like it. Do you have a storm front moving in? Is the barometric, barometric pressure dropping? Um, good for you. I hope that happens. Super fun. Ginger Graves, I can do that. Video on my YouTube channel. Yes, it's a huge water lettuce leaf. He's got the bubble nest under. Yep, sounds, sounds perfect. Uh, Ginger, I'm going to watch that as soon as I'm done here. <laughs> In fact, when this stream's done, while we're waiting for nine o'clock for Punchy Paints to go live, um, let's all go over to Ginger and watch her her video. I want to see Cochina spawning or at least getting ready. That's awesome. I did send you that PDF with fish disease, right? Yeah, yeah, I did get that. Um, and I, I like that stuff and it's helpful. But you can only learn so much reading. At some point, you got to have a mentor to walk you through it. At least I do. It's just how I, how I learn best. Wichita Falls. Hey, good to see you. Yes, spectrogram works great. So that's the canamycin nitrofurazone combination. Spectrogram. I think you can get on Amazon, eBay for sure. Fishkeeper Cool. I just saw my honey garami munching on the redroot floaters. So I'm thinking he might want some plants in his diet. Do you think he would eat some blanched veggies? If so, what kinds? Maybe um, I would start with zucchini, like coin a zucchini and put it in it. Super soft. A lot of fish really like it. Um, you could also try, you know, French cut green beans is an old standby. You can also, though, take some soylent green or apache if you feed apache and mix a little bit of that into your community blender, whatever, and feed that way. Not a lot of fish tend to like soylent green by itself. It's just a little bland. The texture is a little strange. Um, there are some fish that will eat it just fine. But in general, I think they... Feed on it better when it's mixed in with some other stuff. But zucchini is what I would start with. Most fish I've found really like it. 
All right. Oh, totally missed Fishion Tank Ticks. I want to say Fish Ion the way it's written. Tank Ticks. Um, thanks for the super chat. Appreciate it. Thanks for being here in the stream. Michael Wentworth. Currently the top of the hour for time reference. Yeah, I'm only 26 minutes behind. It's just how I roll, folks. Um, wow. The chat stopped because that's the last comment I see. And if that was an hour ago, oh, chat disconnect. Hang on. <laughs> oh, geez. I thought I was doing okay. No, I'm way far behind. Guys, that's just how it's going to be in these live streams. Um, to really give a considered answer and actually engage with someone, it just takes time. I don't want to be the yes, no guy. I want to actually take some time with you when I get to your question or comment. Okay, that's back. Sorry, chat. I got to the bottom of chat, but it had frozen on me. Electro fry is the next thing I can see. Have you ever fed your aquarium fish mealworms, ground up or live? Also consider UPS for backup power for air pumps. UPS? Oh, 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 okay. I see what you're saying. This is a massive pump. It's, it's a large pump. It's the LPH 200. It's the largest linear piston pump Gemco sells. So it takes a lot more than a USB pump could handle. It's one pump to power an entire facility. So, but I appreciate, I appreciate the thought. If I was using small air pumps, yeah. Um, a, U, a USB pump would be great because I could plug it into my computer uh, and use my computer's battery. So I appreciate that. Yes, I fed aquarium fish live mealworms before. Um, I, when I used to fish sit for my godfather, Jim Forche, he had some, uh, what, Ornatopinus bichers, Polypterus, uh, Ornatopinus, I believe was the one he had. I don't know, but they were big. And he raised giant mealworms for them. And so I would, yeah, take them out with, on tongs. He had these long wooden tongs. You'd grab a mealworm, put it down, and the polypterus would, would eat it. Um, and that worked fine. Now, these are big fish, big teeth. They chew stuff up, so it wasn't a problem. Um, I've heard of things like a mealworm will eat out of a fish's stomach and stuff if it's swallowed whole. I don't know if that's true. I've never seen that. But, yeah, there are some large carnivorous fish that I would feed mealworms to whole and never had a problem. Now, if I was feeding them to smaller fish, then I might, you know, cut off the head or chop them up into little pieces or something. And I'd probably feed them to smaller fish after they just shed, because that's when the skin is nice and soft. Um, they shed and they're nice and soft and easy to eat, but then a little while later, they harden up. So I'd look for freshly shed mealworms and feed them. But I don't think that's a problem if the fish can fit it in its mouth and chew. 44 Mad Guy Fish and more. More pistos, maybe? Maybe. Um, hey, Terrence, thanks for the super chat. I'll get that next. Um, so there were some cool pistos that I can get. And I've thought about doing that. There were, uh, what, Borrelii, uh, Cacatoides, um, some forms of Agazizii. Um, some pan, panduros, might have been McMasteri, so a few, and they were sold as pairs, and so I'm thinking of doing that. But the issue is there's other people that can get and do get and sell epistos. There aren't other people that I know of that generally have access to these other fish that I'm thinking of bringing in. So it was this thing where I was like, man, I want epistos. 
oh, but then I can bring in less species of this other group of fish. And so right now I've removed the epistos from that order. Um, just because cockatoides are out there, agazizii are out there, pandero are out there already. Um, but I might, I could change my mind because I would like to get some. But right now, no, just because then I wouldn't have room for um, other stuff, which is much harder to get. Um, Terrence, thanks for the super chat. I'm viewing you with a beard. <laughs> it does help to picture me with a beard. It covers a lot of this madness. I think the buffer fish rolled me back to last week. Yeah, that was some serious buffering going on. Um, since I've refreshed, there hasn't been a problem. So maybe I just needed to refresh. Sorry about that. Oh, it's 8.30. I am sorry. I'm going to grab this one more and then we're going to do the giveaway and shut down the stream just because I've promised my mods that I won't keep them here all night long. We all need to go to Ginger Gray's channel and watch the video of the Betacochina breeding before we go to Punchy Paints live stream at nine. And uh, I want to be able to tuck my kids in before it gets too late. So Leah H. Jet, what concentration of H2O2 for the Cori eggs and how much I use H2O2 hydrogen peroxide in my shrimp tanks at 1.5 milliliters, um, 3% per gallon. Yeah, the 3% solution is what I use, and I'm going to have to look that up, um, which I can do real quick. Share this with you in a moment. Meds. I have a med dosage sheet that I keep. Okay. So here's the medicine concentrations I use. Let me see if I can make this bigger for you folks to read more easily. Oops, that's going the wrong way. There we go. So in 75 gallons, okay, so hydrogen peroxide, two milliliters a gallon. That's what I start with though. I start with that and if I still have trouble, then I'll add a little more. And if I still have trouble, I'll add a little more till I find a sweet spot. So everyone's water is different. If your water has more stuff in it, it's gonna take more hydrogen peroxide because hydrogen peroxide will oxidize with, with almost anything. If you have less stuff in your water for it to oxidize with, to bond with, um, then you need less of it. So you kind of have to play with it. But two mils per gallon is a safe place to start. And then I experiment from there. Um, but 75 gallons, here's the medicines, how much I use, 30 gallons, how much I use, um, and a, a couple other measurements. But it's mainly 75 and 30 gallons is what I generally go with, if you're looking at that. Um, all right. So we're going to wrap this up. Sorry, everyone who I didn't get to your question or comment. I'm super sorry. If it's important, if you're um, we're like, man, I really needed this, then email me, dan at dancefish.com. Um, uh, busy Beard's gone. I'm, I'm back to getting to email in my regular, you know, at least within 24 hour um, time frame. And also 54 Punchy, or I'm sorry, Punchy Paints. Pam, you're killing me. Um, <laughs> is going at nine. And you could ask the question there as well. But I'm so sorry. Just ran out of time. With all the buffering, I realized I probably missed some people that were at the top. And then when it reloaded, I couldn't see anymore. I apologize. It's just it's how technology is sometimes. Um, thanks for hanging out, everyone, though. I really appreciate you being here. And I'll tweak the latency that for some reason was different tonight. So hopefully it's lower, which means I won't look as purdy and crisp, but there'll be less buffering. Okay, time to, time to do the giveaway. So this is for some scuds. Let's see who won some scuds. Oh, Brian, I forgot to load the drum roll. 
Okay, we'll get to that eventually. But here we go. It is uh, Water Wizard. Ooh, I don't know if that's going to work because you have to be in the continental United States. I can't. I can't mail these to uh, to Holland or or anything like that. I forget exactly where you are. Um, so Water Wizard, I believe you're out of the United States. I believe you're over in Europe. Um, if that's true, would you just throw in a, a comment? Yeah, you you won, but can you get them? Um, are you in the United States? I think I remember you being from like the Netherlands or something, something like that. I'm sorry, you've probably told me 10 times and I don't remember exactly. Okay, you can you want them and you'll give them to Candy. Oh, that's very kind of you. Awesome. We'll do that. So um, I'll get in touch with Candy. I, I have some other stuff I need to get to her anyway, so I can just add them to that. Thank you so much. Um, looks like Candy is excited about that. So, okay, we'll make that work. Thank you so much, Water Wizard. Congrats and uh, congrats to Candy for getting some scuds. I want to watch the puffers chow down on those. That's, that's going to be fun. I know Candy has some Amazon puffers that will just slurp these things up. That would be fun. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to my mods. Love you. Really appreciate all you do. Thanks to everyone that sent in Super Chats. We we did $128 in Super Chats. That is some real money. That is going to make Brenda so happy. And uh, everyone that asked a question or comment, thanks for helping make this lively. I really appreciate the interaction. Uh, I love geeking out with you guys. We'll be back next Wednesday. And until then, I hope you have a good one. Bye-bye.